dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Source. We just had an amazing round 10 heading into round 11 of the AFL season. The ladder is starting to shape and take form. We do have uh, a lot of separation with a battle for the bottom of the eight. Not only uh, the separation between the eight, Pez, there's been a lot of separation in the coaches' box the last couple of weeks. It's, oh, been, yeah. it's been an interesting uh, week if you're a coach and probably two of the coaches that are no longer in the coaching realms for, for the next couple of weeks at least. Uh, probably not the coaches that we thought uh, <laughs> would be talking about uh, in round 10. So, very interesting stuff. Yeah, well, Dimmer calls it quits this week. and uh, clever, clever, so clever. Oh, well, he's done... Brad Scott did it years and years ago when he was coaching North Melbourne, writing on the wall, I'm going to quit. But Dimmer's gone even earlier than that, I reckon, because he would have been safe until the end of this year and then he probably would have walked away anyway if his team didn't make the finals. But for him to say, you know what, I'm a career coach... I'm going to walk away now. I'm going to be celebrated. Richmond f- fans are going to love me. It's going to be a really hard job for the next guy who comes in. And uh, I'm, I'm just loving life. I can go to Essendon. I can go to Port Adelaide where I've played and won premierships before. Or who wants me? What list is good? I'm going to try and win another flag at another club. Yeah, it becomes the, the cream of the crop uh, in terms of coaches because... As you said, Pezzi, he doesn't have to make a decision. He gets out on his terms. He's remembered. He's celebrated. He doesn't have to go through what, you know, Adam Simpson's copping every week about, you know, where's your club, club clubs at? What are you doing? This, this, this. He's like, hey, I'm going to retire. I'm going to call it on my own cards because I, I, I can see the writing on the wall. I'm not saying these, obviously, to the media, but I can see the writings on the wall. Let's celebrate my premierships. Let's celebrate me being a club legend. Uh, and all the highlights that have come out this week from him in the coaching box. The halftime grand final speech. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but, you know, it's not what you see, you know, the week after a sacking, for example, is the, you know, the... Doom and gloom. The doom and gloom, the uh, um, black and white or the black and red sort of uh, overlap on the footy shows where they go through the last the couple of weeks. White, yeah. the, the people walking off the ground, head down. Instead, you get the celebration, the yellow and black streamers. Yeah, and he's just uh, handballed her off. That list is your problem now. Tom, <laughs> Tom Lynch was injured anyway. He wasn't going to get anywhere. Um, Which is really funny because they, they obviously heavily recruited and he invested in the next seven years of Richmond and he's <laughs> left yeah. 10 weeks in. With the Taranto and Hopper contracts and uh, like ruining a little bit there. They've got a, an ageing list, so it'll be interesting to see how they go if they, if they do do the rebuild and have a lot of players, a lot of senior players move clubs and chase premierships or if they're going to try and do an internal rebuild and just try and top up and, and go from there. But the Essendon fans have, have called it because they've called, yep, we're the, we're the coach killers. We've uh, killed Damien Hardwick. This week we might travel over to West Coast. We might uh, kill Adam Simpson and his career. And then whoever they play the week after, they, they might go North, three in a row. North, they play North the week after that, so that'll be a little bit rough. Around <laughs> <laughs> the caretaker, the caretaker, see you later. Dropping bombs, go from there. But um, it, it is very interesting. We had some amazing results, and speaking of Essendon, the Dreamtime result was probably uh, the most amazing one with Richmond with a late lead. It was a low-scoring affair, and Essendon in the last twenty seconds, a Durham mark in the goal square from a Jake Stringer snap. Seals the game, seven seconds left on the clock, and they uh, got a one-point lead and held on to win. Yeah, broke the streak of uh, like 15 years of <laughs> not been winning, and we, we, we flogged on about that last week. But, you know, 13-game losing streak that they'd had uh, against Richmond at the G, and it was it was one of those games where it's interesting, we spoke about this beforehand, and it seemed like a lot of Essendon fans were leaving. I was at the pub with a couple of Essendon fans when they were down by 18 points yeah, in that last quarter, and they, they packed it up and left because because they're fed up. They're fed up with the performance that they've been putting out, and it was inspirational for them to come back. A little bit of a collapse uh, from Richmond's side, and some, some really odd decisions made in those dying minutes about, again, we speak about this, just kill the game, kill the footy, and they continued to, to, to make some interesting things and trying to get that. You know, Jack Rewalt toe poked yeah, straight like just, to the opposition. Just, just some weird things that happened there. Um, but you know, congratulations to Essendon, and they probably win another two games after this. Uh, yeah, three game. <laughs> win- <laughs> Go on about that. <laughs> no, but like no. a three game winning streak is, is perfect for Essendon, and it probably will set them up for a, a, a top eight battle towards the end of the year. In all honesty, had the two screens going, so had the the Brisbane game on at the same time. But Essendon just looked a lot sharper during the whole game. I know they didn't have the lead early on 
but they did look the better side, and and Richmond just had bursts, which they which they usually do. So uh, Essendon, they've still got you know different players around where they they don't have a strong forward line, and and Merritt dominated in the middle, but they didn't have anything uh, up forward to continue to go. They've got a lot of injuries as well on their list, uh, Essendon. So they did well to come away with the points, and their their fans are chirping again. They're they're up and about, and like. Last week it was doom and gloom. We're not going to make the eight. We're we're down in the dumps, and now it's like, oh, we've got the best run ever. We're going to make the eight. So, uh, it's the Essendon ro- roller coaster. You mentioned emotional roller coaster of not only being an Essendon fan, but just a footy fan in general. The week to week heartache, as well as the week to week celebration. But you know, we jumped straight to the the dream time game. But we forgot about one of the the dream runs uh, that Zach Butters had on um, Friday night. An absolute stellar performance in a in a four point win at home. Uh, against Melbourne or, or the renamed Julian during the Indigenous round, sorry, uh, Sir Doug Nichols round, uh, Naram. So, uh, what a game this was! Now this was this was a contest because uh, in the first half, you you saw even the players were saying after the game, uh, we weren't expecting rain to come. Yeah. So the rain looked pretty heavy on TV, and in that first half, scoring was a, a little bit hard to come by. But in that third quarter, Melbourne kicked seven goals. And Port Adelaide piled on three themselves. And in the last quarter, Port Adelaide three goals to one, which got them over the line. A four-point thriller, high-scoring second half in the wet. And Ken Hinckley just continues to coach really, really well. And Melbourne, uh, 17 points up. Brody Grundy gives the shush to the crowd. And don't do that if you have a chance to lose because that becomes embarrassing. Uh, could you imagine uh, <laughs> if that was a little bit later on and uh, right the next play, bang, goal, turnover after the siren sort of win? Adelaide would have rioted and they would have gone after him. But it was a fantastic contest and not only fantastic uh, on the, you know, obviously the footy talent, but you know not often we talk about this. The jerseys that they were rocking, both teams, the colours out there with the the rain going down, the ground looked in you know absolutely amazing form, and that light blue on the the Naram jersey and the the you know the Port Adelaide yellow, uh, sorry yellow, the green really popping off there was really really good. Yeah, it was Didn't nice. Um, and and Lysette did his job, came back in. We spoke about it last we week. Spoke about the rack contest. Yeah, he, he did a very good job to even that out a little bit. And Ollie Lord kicked a couple of goals as well. And uh, Dixon, I know he's uh, out at the moment of the team, but uh, they, their forward line actually looks decent without Charlie Dixon because he's, he's a real focal point usually and uh, usually beats up on the, the shitter clubs down the bottom of the ladder. But against the against the better clubs, he seems to go missing a bit. So if, if they could work out how to utilize him to take out the number one defender while still having a, a, a functioning uh, forward line like they did on Friday night, they would be really really tough going in, uh, in going into September because you know he has to take up that number one defender. But you are right; they're a little bit one dimensional when he's in there, and they just seem to bomb it and go to him, go to him. And he's great when he's beaten up on the younger blokes or the <laughs> the less talented back lines. But you know the way that it was functioning on Friday night was much more the direction I think that they would want to be aiming for. Yeah. Um. Earlier in the year, I do have to mention this. Uh, Will Ashcroft is one of my favourite players, but Jason Horn Francis and the month that he's put together. He, he's just a gem to watch. He's clean. His disposal is great. He's a, he's an amazing field kick. And he even had a shot for goal on the weekend that sailed through. And uh, I just think he's getting better and better. And uh, outside noise, uh, power, they're coming. They really are coming, uh, and we'll talk about this later on in the show, but uh, they've got a, a nice little winning streak going, and uh, especially after early calls for, for Hinkley's job. But anyway, there'll be some more calls for uh, some people's jobs possibly on the, the Sydney North game. And uh, I think what summed up the, the absolute dismal performance this was was Buddy Franklin's celebration yeah. when the free kick was being the, the, du- the double fist pump. Through the you know through his hands up in the air, he did for, it about six times. Yeah, for a uh, because they know how desperate that th- th- they were for a win because they couldn't afford to lose North Melbourne and they should have lost to North Melbourne after yeah. a bizarre substitute, uh, too many players on the field error, uh, resulting in the old radio to the uh, to from the umpire. It was, yeah. it was it was interesting scenes. I was at I was at a, a beer festival on the weekend and we were watching the game on the screen and no one could work out what was happening. No. And the the footage, when you watch it back, they didn't really show it or talk about it in in a timely manner. Um, So they did go off. I always thought that there was an AFL person that counted the interchanges for both teams. And I just assumed that they'd let the team know, like, hey, you're capped here. You're at 75. Maybe North Melbourne just go, you know what? This is a good way to tank. We'll just... uh, 
chuck the interchange on, do the 76. But the interesting thing is they did the 77th as well because he went back on. Shields went back on. <laughs> what, you want a double penalty? Well, no, I'm not saying – I don't know <laughs> imagine, what the, imagine the Imagine the uproar, the, not only for that, but then back-to-back 50s. I honestly don't know the rule. Was it like he's come on as a 76 sub – so you actually have to take him back off. Well, he's, not allowed, he's, to, he's not allowed to be subbed on. So, oh, actually, I don't know. That's a good point. Like a, like a reversal. That's what I thought it might have been. But there was a few people talking about the 77th sub. But I'm not clear on the rules. I don't really care because uh, I don't think you're going to see this again. But can you imagine the uproar of a final if that was to happen for a club and to go there? Uh, it's North Melbourne, so it's kind of expected yeah, in the end, while, isn't it? A little while away about worrying about them losing games in finals. But uh, speaking of teams uh, losing games, not in finals, but in uh, in Mars Stadium. And uh, we spoke about it last week, the Western Bulldogs, they took on Adelaide. And uh, I definitely had a read in this one completely wrong, but uh, the Western Bulldogs look pretty impressive. Yeah, it's... Uh Day and night, I think this is the biggest uh, difference between a club playing yeah. at their home ground and playing away. They nearly, or they should have lost to Hawthorne down in Tasmania, the Crows, mm-hmm. uh, where they were down and came back. They got uh, beat up by the Bulldogs. It was uh, a non-contest. And they've had a couple of other away games where they just haven't looked too great, but they look really good at Adelaide Oval. So they need to uh, get a move along and get some more wins under the belt and uh, see what they can do when they jump on a plane. Yeah, not to undershadow the, the doggies who, uh, you know, I still don't have much belief in, but they looked quite impressive. But as you said, night and day between um, the Crows home and away, and there's probably not much else to report there. Western Bulldogs basically pretty routine, went down there, got the job done, heaps of the pill for a range of players. Bailey Smith, he looked uh, he looked good injecting into that midfield. Yeah, and uh, their midfield was, was very strong and uh, won them the game easily. 11-19 they kicked. That, that could, game, could that, that could have been a near on 80-point 80, 80 win, that. But uh, they, they ended up with a 45-point win and go from there. And then Wally up over in Geelong, over at um, SBS Stadium, gave Geelong a bit of a towel up, five goals. They did, and I'm sure you heard about it from Chris Scott, who complained about uh, the amount of injuries they had. And uh, But the, the disappointing thing is that you can see – the difference between Geelong when they've got their obviously premiership side in and not one player got over 20 disposals. So pretty disappointing. That's um, <laughs> at one stage, um, I think it was, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Holmes led Geelong's disposal count at three at about the nine minute mark of the first quarter. Jeez, you've got to be kidding three. me. Um, that's, that's the most amazing stat, isn't it? That no, no one got 20. So if you had a same game multi in this and you put any player for Geelong to get 20, you, you're done. It was the same Ima- game multi killer. Imagine if you had all of the players for their under disposals, you would have cleaned up. Yeah. But, but we, we, we spoke about this and then we're digging a little bit into the betting inside, but we've spoken about this about Geelong all year is that they're a team that don't consume a lot of the pill. There's one or two players that get the 20 and the 25, and if you can pick those players, depending on the matchup, then you're loving life. But otherwise, they're unreliable in terms of disposals. But well, Look yeah. at the ones that are usually reliable. Tom Stewart, he had 17. Mm-hmm. People usually have him for 20 and sometimes a little bit of a risk at 25. Exactly right. But we, we know we're not talking about the bigger story and Fremantle, you know, not snapping back into form because the Geelong haven't been very impressive. But a win that Fremantle definitely needed at home, you know, the the odds were against them and coming against the reigning Premier, you beat them the next year, you gotta take that as a as a win under your belt. Yeah, well Fremantle have changed up their their game style and the, their ball movement, which is uh starting to look a little better. High, higher scoring teams. So they get to test themselves this week at the MCG against uh, Melbourne who need to bounce back after their loss to Port Adelaide. So it'll be interesting to see if Fremantle can actually bring it and and score heavily as well. Uh, they've scored over 100 points a few times in the last month now, so uh, very good from them. Brisbane had a little bit of a scare. It was uh, 68 to 63 at one stage, and it ended 107 to 64. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, that, that last quarter. That last quarter just blew them away, and as you said, they, they looked... Pretty much, in, I would say they looked in control for most of the they, game. It Not didn't capital. seem like it was in danger. No, no. It, they, even even when they were down, you know, in that first quarter, and it was you know a little bit of a low scoring first quarter, hard to get going. But they always looked in control. Uh, and it's what Brisbane need to do is they need to have those wins where they're challenged a little bit, and they, you know, as you said last week on the show, that sometimes they can just let that that those ones slip away. The ones that they should win, cruise controlled, haven't had a great night, and they let it slip away. They played 10 minutes of great footy in that fourth quarter, blew it open, and they go from a you know a, a two-goal game to a 43-point win, and that that's impressive, and one of the reasons that I still have them as a, the premiership favourite. 
yeah, you'd uh, 43 points in the end, uh, four goals to Joe Danaher, and he's looked really good since the early criticism in the season. Cameron Cameron kicked two, Hipwood kicked two, McCarthy kicked two. They're, they're just midfield disposals. They were all over it. Uh, it's just when they were defending, Gold Coast were just able to get the ball in really good spots and uh, kick some good set shots through uh, King. He, he, he had three himself and the Koshis another two. So uh, Gold Coast, you know, they just can't put four quarters together. They do put bits and pieces together, but they their defence really struggles. They do really struggle. Speaking about really struggles, uh, West Coast, they uh, really, really, really struggle to even score, let alone... Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I mean, we spoke about it last week about how you just jump all over uh, West Coast anytime. Oh, sorry, Hawthorne or their opposition, and wow, Hawthorne... Um, well, you, you can guarantee that they won't win any more games for the rest of the year because they had all of their Christmases come at once in a, in a 120-point win against, uh, against West Coast. 116, sorry. But yeah, no. it's... It's really disappointing if you are a West Coast fan and they're, they're drop-off. I know they've got injuries and things like that, but to score four goals, four goals, two. They, they didn't look like they were going to score 26. four goals. It, it they was didn't look tough. Like they they kicked it. the first goal of the game as well, and they were up and about there down in Tasmania, and Hawthorne, you know, a little bit sluggish to start, but uh, to let 22 goals go down the other end is uh, quite embarrassing. You've got, you've got the players there to at least, you know, compete or at least defend, do, do something, but... Uh, 116 points, that's 200-point losses now to West Coast. And, uh, yeah, Adam Simpson might just need to go, you know what, I've won three in the last 36. Might be time to step away and save my coaching credentials a little bit if I want to do it. Going into the last two years, his coaching percentage would have been amazing. Had a premiership, you know, looking pretty good. The last two years have just... (laughs) Just absolutely slumped it. But you, but you said about them setting the tone, and you know they looked like they looked really good in the first maybe thirty seconds, minute, <laughs> minute twenty, and then they went on for that rest of that first quarter. And I just I actually looked at the stat mid game, and it was a nineteen to five inside fifties in the first quarter. That's disgusting, and they just they are really struggling to show any signs of life. And um, as you said, it's disappointing for the West Coast fans. It's disappointing for the West Coast club, who at the start of the year, even last year, they were talking about competing, and even still this year hadn't properly lent into it. This is a huge setback, and you think that North Melbourne previously have uh, been at the bottom for a while. If they don't get this right, uh, they, they could be down there for a, a significant time, yeah. uh, which which is. Yeah, you know, not the worst thing. So since '93, when they came in, or '91, when they came in, they haven't really spent a long time down the bottom. But this this is a disaster for the for the franchise. No, and they've created premierships in uh, different eras as well, all eras, in, yeah. in all all decades. So um, Tim Kelly is probably a shining light, and Dom Sheed was actually really good with two goals and thirty disposals. But I do need to mention Andrew Gaff and his downfall and what's happened to him. He had ten disposals source, uh, and he was a lock for thirty few years ago uh, on the wing over at Optus Stadium. I know this was down in Tasmania, but they weren't getting him the ball. They weren't using him because they're under so much pressure and they're not using their outside run because they can't win the footy. <laughs> they can't win it at all. And, you know, he used to sort of get a couple of cheapies at the back while they're setting up, but they, you're right, they just can't get the footy and the ball is coming in that quickly to that forward line that they're just... There's no opportunity for him at all, so disappointing for him. And, you know, a West Coast legend, uh, basically, in uh, the things he's done for the club. But speaking of uh, legends, we had a legendary matchup in Carlton versus Collingwood, and a massive crowd there were just left absolutely disappointed. Um, you know, there was talk about this, and I spoke about this, where Carlton, if this is a real opportunity to start to prove himself, they'd lost four of the last five uh, coming into this one, and yeah, except take it's West Coast out, and they should be six out of six losses. That's it was disgusting. Over, over in the first quarter as well, oh, and a comfortable 28-point uh, win to Collingwood. They just did what they needed to do to, to win the game. Darcy Moore uh, just killed it in the, in the half back line and just got uncontested mark intercept and interception after yeah, interception six in the first quarter six it's, in the first quarter uh, how can you not change was something he wearing the wrong jersey it's, it's it's horrible it's not like it's a clash you can actually tell so what what i have noticed with carlton is look at the top 3 disposal getters from the game Doherty had 34 Chera in the midfield had 33 and walsh had 29 they overpossessed the footy just do something they overpossess it they need to get some run going uh, run the other way and, and you know, lower the eyes and, and go to someone because uh, Carlton got a few goals off free kicks as well and, uh, you know, Kerno getting held and it's not going to happen all the time. You can't rely on that. You need to, to get some better entries into that forward 50 and, and use your forward line and, and change up the structure. So I don't know what's happening down at Carlton. They've, Nothing. They've got, nothing's happening at all. They've... <laughs> 
it's the the coach's box. I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just hear like what's going on. Is is Voss just sitting there going, "Oh yeah, we're winning the footy. We're winning the footy." Out of that, the that, sorry, that that can't be like one. I mean, if what you are you doing? At, if you look at Collingwood the last the, the last couple of years, if you play Collingwood. You, you still get a lot of the footy. They still allow you to get, you know, those main midfielders to get the footy. You've got to do something with it. What is the game plan? that Like, you know, if you look at different clubs, you talked we talked earlier about what Fremantle are trying to do. We talked about earlier what, um, you know, last last couple of shows about, like, um, what St Kilda are trying to do. What what do Carlton do in their game style? Well, what's their game style? They, they, they don't have one. Like, what what is it? Ho- hope the two best forwards get the pill. Is that, is that all it is? They chip it around until they can, you know, bomb it into a, a contest. But exactly right. They chip it around until they can bomb it. Well, that makes no sense at all. Like, they, if you're chipping around, you're trying to make for a good lead or, a, you know, a, a one-on-one contest or something instead of... If you're coaching Carlton this week, you're saying you get the ball out of the middle and everyone's running forward. You just, just run. Handball the, handball the footy and find an open man inside that forward 50. And that forward structure just needs to change where, I don't know, the half forwards need to play higher. Uh, Mackay or Kerno definitely need to play, you know, 70 or 80 metres out and, and just leave one of them down there. Don't have both of them going up into those contests where there's just a big pack and Collingwood able to kill the ball really easily. So um, that's it for Carlton. We'll uh, see what happens this week. Big Friday night game. Huge, and, huge uh, Friday night game. GWS and St Kilda was a, a great contest, and St Kilda ended up winning by by two goals in the end. GWS couldn't uh, couldn't get enough score on the board, but it was competitive. It, it was it was uh, it was what St Kilda needed. They needed uh, one of those hard type sort of victories, you know, very hard fought for most of the game. The the Giants wouldn't go away, and it was good because the the Saints. Um, a lot of people were starting to feel that they were you know slipping, and that they their their dream start at the start of the year had. Um, come to an end, but you know, winning by 13 points against a, a pretty gallant sort of uh, GWS with a couple of impressive um, ins that they had this week, which have gone straight back out, and uh, um, you know, big stuff from uh, the Saints and your man uh, King. The King is back, isn't he? There's four goals. It actually uh, was good to see. They they had him as a target, and he was able to be in some scoring chains as well when he gets the ball up the ground. So. I'm looking forward to see how that forward line structures a little bit more because they got memory back uh, about a month ago and then he's gone out of the side and King's come in and King is a, a much better option at the moment. And if he can just clunk him and uh, be clean with that footy and kick straight like he did, kick 4-1, uh, that'll be good. But on Brownlow night, it'll be uh, Jay Sinclair, three votes. You wrote that down in your notes finally after round 11. Yeah, yeah definitely. I've got, I've got one. You'll probably be paying ten or something for three votes. That yeah, everyone else saw that. But you're right. Uh, it's really exciting for St Kilda, considering they've got those defensive structures locked down, to have a consistent forward like King to be able to, um, you know, make good contest. And he's such a strong lead for the footy. He's powerful. He's strong. He, he's upper body. He's, he's a magnificent looking bloke. He's, he's got a good little bot on him. He's and, getting uh, bigger. Getting bigger. He, he's looking good. He's looking good. So despite missing some time, Bears must be not missing the gym sessions well he, what else are you going to do in recovery but he, he did do a shoulder so he's got that shoulder strapped but um it looks good yeah if he's stronger let's uh get him up and about that c- consumes round 10 let's see how we went in our bets there's no official review how does it end we don't know they kind of lost but they won as well <laughs> That's an unusual thing. We're not laughing about our bets from the weekend. Uh, halfway through the, the, the intro, I thought Pez was showing a sneaky nipple, but he's got the uh, the, the king shirt on. The, 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 the king is back. The king is back. So. The king is back. The shirt's out. We're, we're ready to go. Give, so. give us a look at that shirt again. Is it, is, what's the image that they've got? One of the... Just a oh, I thought... little cartoon, the king. <laughs> Just... <laughs> that. Oh, get on with it. An older shirt of mine, but... Uh, it yeah, it we, does look like it's been through a couple of washes, that one. It's been through a couple this week, because I've worn it, I've worn, it, <laughs> worn it all week. But um, Making great podcasting again, just laughing about uh, the audio. But yeah, uh, let's, so let's get into to round 10. Yeah, round 10. So I ended up staking eight units and had eight units at risk and was able to return 5.75 units uh, this week. So took advantage of round 10 and, and what I liked. And it takes me for the season to... 7.92 units of profit. So we're nearly getting up to that one unit per round average. So after the, you know, shocking start with a, with a couple of couple of big swings, uh, you just, you know, focus on the long game and consistency is key and continue and uh, add a nice profit. So uh, a couple of reasons why I had the Port Adelaide Melbourne and I've, I've just gone the 
the plus for both teams and the the middle of the over under and I was really nervous about it at one stage it was about 131 live and it ended up uh, sailing through and and getting over because it was heavy scoring in that second half so started off with a win there the Bulldogs Adelaide now I need to speak about this one because I I was sure it was going to be under and that was a <laughs> probably the better of the round for anyone that had that as a single but I had the Bulldogs under 85 and a half source they're sitting at 73 at three quarter time and now I'm just going, oh, no. And somehow they only kicked two straight in the last and held held off and just one on the hook there, uh, the the two unit gets. So that was a that was a great one to get. It would have been uh, a great one to get. And I wish I'd jumped on that one in that game instead of the misread that I had. But for round 10, I still and you know stay, uh, staked six uh, units, still returned 2.36. So lucky I got uh, one of my bonuses and I probably should have loaded up in that. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But for the season, stake 68 and return 17.75. As you said last week, just continually build two by two by two. If I do that for the rest of the year, that's another another 20 units. I'll be sitting about 37. And that's uh, that's You've been brilliant. loving that. Nearly matching last year, which was... It, uh, an amazing year exactly right and one of the sorry uh, to interrupt but like one of the reasons that I, I did that is because I spoke so heavily about uh, Port Adelaide which was a little bit of a sweat there but Dan Houston to get 20 that was sitting um, incredibly at a dollar 40 he ended up with 33 yeah we spoke about that also. Port Adelaide the plus 37 and a half and I think what you've got to remember when you're looking at um, your bets is not just look about what they've done for the last month as you said there was a reason that he was sitting at that time because they thought there was going to be Melbourne win they thought there was going to be some attention there Melbourne give away a heap of the, uh, the, the footy to to certain teams, boom, they had four or five players. We saw, but we talked about Butters getting over. That's what you got to load up on. You said that style. And there was a question on, on TikTok for your source about um, Port Adelaide ML, and you took Port Adelaide plus 37 and a half. And the reason why now the, the loyal listeners will know, but we'll just explain that uh, one more time. If Port Adelaide had lost that game and Melbourne, you know, kicked a late goal and they lost by two, you would have walked away with a bonus bet because Dan Houston 20 plus and Port Adelaide wouldn't have lost by 38 or more. So that's the reason you put it in there, make the three legs and get that insurance. Especially when you've got a team uh, that is considered the outsider. If you, you can get some value in your um, your money line as it is, so that's where the, the $2 something boosted up my bet. And then realistically, if I think the team's going to win, well, then they're going to cover the plus. So it's, it's a free leg, it's a free hit. Um, and then even if they were to lose, you know, that's not a big deal because you've got that extra insurance. So it's a good way to do it. It's a strategy that we've used for a couple of a couple of years now. We've done it the same sort of thing with the over as, as well. If you take the, the general over and then you bump up the under, for example, yeah. hit the middle. So a range of different ways to do it. But uh, the other one I want to talk about is the uh, the plus 40 and a half uh, with West Coast. Uh, I just had that as a bonus bet. I should have jumped all over it. I should have been as uh, trusting in my advice. And, and I'm going to speak a little bit later about what I've done in this one. But... I should have hit this multitude of different ways. I should have gone the well, 50, the 60, the 70, the 100. Well, the 40 plus, 296. And I actually looked at it before the yeah, game. Not, not, I'm not claiming anything. I wasn't going to place nah. the bet. But either team on bet 365 to win by 100 plus was paying $29 pre-bounce. Wow. So if you look at that's any team to cover, so that opens up the odds. You'd say Hawthorne probably would have been higher odds. Oh yeah, correct? not by much because West Coast are not yeah. going to win by hundred hey, plus. 30, 30 bucks, chuck 10, ten on that. That's yeah. three hundred. You're absolutely laughing, but I wouldn't recommend that bet uh, no. in, the, in the long run. It's just every, very, very rare game this week. Ten dollars <laughs> on the yeah. what, what, what agency is that? Either team to win by hundred. Yeah, it's bet three six five oh. under, under their market. There. Okay. Um, I do need to speak about my same game multi with Tab. I had Cameron for three plus goals. Brisbane minus eight and a half, over 150.5. Ended up with a bonus because Cameron ended up with 2-1. He hit the post in the first quarter. But when I looked at him hit the post in the first quarter, on Instagram, I put out on the story source, uh, Charlie Cameron, anytime goal scorer in the second quarter, I, I wasn't going to, but it was $2.50. And I thought that was great odds. I was like, yep, chuck out a unit on that. And then in the second quarter as well, after Cameron kicked his goal, because he kicked the first goal of the second quarter, I was like, yep, all right, Brisbane are covering this line. It's better than the 24 and a half line that um, you would have afterwards. So, so another one on that. And uh, it was nervy in that third quarter, but they sailed away with it. Good, good. Uh, the, those live bets or any t- any time goal scorer, you know, uh, at any quarter, we, we talked about this with the Cameron bet earlier in the year, the goal by goal by goal by goal. Great bets to watch. So good. You're so much it's more fun. invested. It it's a little fun. bit more fun. It's, it's probably not... Yeah, no profitable long term. Responsible either, but it's a lot no, of fun. <laughs> no, but it but it is. And thinking, I, I thought he was going to get three goals at the start. He hasn't got any at quarter time. He's been lively, 
that's that was my you know. I mean, if you unpack, the, unpack the value of it, if he hasn't kicked a goal, for example, up into the second quarter at the start of the game, any time goal scorer, he's sitting about a dollar six. So if he hasn't kicked one, your odds are still in your favour in terms of the percentage yeah, that he was probably like kicked. That. So if you look at it like that, two fifty is absolute value. Yep. But obviously, once the first quarter's there and you look at how it's unplayed, you, you probably can look at you know is there a tag? Is has there been a good matchup? But a lot of value to be had if you as well. There's a little bit of fun. Yeah, great fun. So we uh, end round ten uh, in the in the profit like uh, we always seem to be source and uh, standard for me. What are we going to see in round eleven? The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and um, we were getting getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi, do you want, do you want some as well? And I, I said, From wins straight into the specials. Cyril takes a special and goes bang. Yep, so uh, still no sports bet special, nope, unfortunately. So no segment. Straight on to the <laughs> next one. <laughs> uh, Neds have 12 up at halftime for the Friday night clash of Sydney versus Carlton, uh, up to $250. And Blue Bet actually have the 12 up special for every game Uh this week up to $100 profit. So you can work that out of what that is. Lads have the one leg fails in a three plus leg same game multi bonus back up to $50 one per day uh, and I didn't see the one on tab yet uh, when I screenshotted earlier I'm just going to double check if it's come through because they usually do three plus leg same game multi any leg fails uh, bonus bet back up to $50 all games there you go that would have helped me when I was doing my bet slip before <laughs> but uh, they've bought it out finally they have bought it out finally. Uh, well, that's uh, let's get straight into it and start off things with uh, the Sydney versus Carlton game. What are you laughing at? This game. This game, yeah, I know. $2, three outsiders, and the bookies don't know what they're doing here at all, uh, Pez, because Sydney have fluctuated right throughout the week, being $2, $1.80, uh, $3, sorry, $2. Uh, but they sit at $2, three at the moment when we're recording. $1.78 for Carlton, minus 2.5 is the line, over under 165.5. I'm not talking about Carlton at all, uh, because we spoke last week about how if they didn't win, they were dead to me, so it's all over to you. <laughs> all over to me, and we we spoke about it at them in the in the start of the show there about how Carlton are playing and they don't have a game plan. What are Sydney doing? Are they going to be able to you know uh, put together four quarters and and kind of get the win? Because you look at their seasons, and Sydney have had four wins, and uh, they've come against uh, th- below thirteenth on the ladder: Gold Coast Suns, Hawthorne, Richmond, and North Melbourne on the weekend by three points from an interchange. But Carlton are much better. They drew Richmond. Uh, first up and people probably gave him more credit for that because we didn't know that Richmond were going to be quite poor this year they beat Geelong early on in the second round but then the other wins have come against GWS North Melbourne and West Coast so Carlton haven't shown much this year they've been struggling they are under the pump and I want to mention that talkback caller who called up with a bit of passion put him in the coach's box because he's saying I don't care if you you don't want to play for the coach or you don't want to play for this Play for the club, play for the jumper, play, play for, for the, the emblem. Play for the emblem. How good was that call? Play for the emblem. The passion in his voice uh, really pumped me up. And with a 12-up promo, I'm, I'm going, yep, let's go. Might as well uh, chuck something down. I'm just going, uh, Ned's 12-up promo, Carlton, ML, $1.85, uh, jumped on that. Uh, we'll just see how we go against Sydney. If I can get, you know, a little bit of 12-up there. I'll, I'll take that. I could flip a coin and go either side, couldn't you? We being away, but uh, let's just flip a coin and do that. Flip a coin and do that. Uh, I, I love that, Pets. Um, I think that Carlton over the last month, you know, whilst everyone is talking about how how bad a form they've been, they've hit teams that have been in, in reasonably good form. They hit St Kilda, obviously, when they, they were still up and about and playing some decent sort of football. They played Adelaide during the gather rounds. You know, you wouldn't expect that sort of a beating. Brisbane, up and about. Western Bulldogs last week, um, you know, they're, they're up and about. Collingwood, top team in the league. So, like, I think it's a bit um, misconceived mis- uh, about how they are actually playing. And I think that Carlton are actually playing a lot better form than Sydney. Sydney last week really struggled against um, North Melbourne and a, a dodgy sort of free kick um, would point to probably a you know a North Melbourne win and we'd have a different story, probably a different coach sacked. Um, and they haven't been in great form. They, they lost obviously against uh, GWS. They lost against Fremantle. So, I mean, all, all, all the odds point to Carlton. 
but they're dead to me. So we're all over Sydney. So I'm going Sydney straight up head to head with a three leg same game multi. Sydney money line, easy money because Carlton are trash. Let's let's be clear about that. They're <laughs> trash. Right, Ollie Florent to get 15 or more disposals. Uh, his disposals have spiked the last two weeks since Mills is out. He's only missed it twice this year. Rack that in all your multis at $1.10. And the other one, my man, love the way this guy plays footy, Errol Goulding. Last week he had 24, so the value increases a little bit for him to get 25 or more. He's only missed it once over the last five, and that was uh, last week at 24. So that's uh, spiked his value. Thank you very much. Two units, $3. Thank me later. <laughs> you are not confident in that. Uh, not at all. I, I don't like that bet at all. But uh, do you know stretch? what? I'm proving a point. Any proving a point. The imagination. Uh, screw Carlton. So just something for the Friday night and something for for the TikTok out there because Friday nights are very popular. <laughs> very, popular. Uh, very popular game to get some views. One thing I am very confident. Are you done talking about that one? Is no, this next game? I'm not. You're not because another I, bet. I had a tab bonus that I forgot about from. Last week oh. that I didn't place. Just going to hedge your bets and put it on uh, Sydney? No, nah, I've just gone the halftime full-time double at, at Tab with the bonus. So uh, <laughs> halftime Carlton 13 plus, full-time Carlton 25 plus at 450. Say it again, sorry. <laughs> Carlton 13 plus at halftime. Yeah. Uh, Carlton 25 plus at the end of the game. Oh, it's going to give you two opportunities to be disappointed in Carlton. <laughs> so 450. If, if Carlton aren't 12 <laughs> up uh, and I don't win that first bet, I've, you know, could lose both of them. So... But one's a bonus, and uh, I'll just just play that. I was very rushed to uh, get that one in. So oh, you might be like Michael Voss in his game planning, very rushed <laughs> because there doesn't seem to be much of that. But uh, very confident about the next game, St Kilda versus Hawthorne. I love this matchup. A dollar twenty favourites are the Saints, and uh, four dollars forty outsiders. Um, a little bit odd that a team comes off a 116-point victory yeah, when's and when's then the last line that $4.40. But uh, minus 27.5 is the line over under 157.5. Yeah, it keeps coming in because uh, pre-show, which wasn't too long ago, St Kilda were around $1.24, coming to $1.20 there. But uh, I've just gone to lad same game multi, uh, and that's the one I'm going to use for the day to try and uh, get that bonus back if I need it. I'm going to go Bradley Hill 15+, plus because they seem to be using him. He's paying $1.11. Uh, and we're just going to, you know, pop him in our, our multi there. I, I think this game, uh, over 157.5 is where I'm going, and, and the reason being is not because Hawthorne scored 142 last week, but because St Kilda actually have a forward target now. So when they go f- went forward last week, they actually looked a lot better because they could get it to King 70 metres out, and then he turns, and their forward line's still structuring down there with uh, Jack Higgins behind him. He's taken marks inside 450. So I just think that structure's around a little bit better. So I'm going over 157.5, and that's the normal line there, Source, and then just added St Kilda to win in there, and that's $2.52 all up. So I'll, I'll take that with the little lads, same game multi-special. I don't love that. Uh, <laughs> That's I, right. I like the St Kilda win. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued about your your over bet. If if you don't mind me unpacking it, is it just just the forward line presence that that you're going the up, or like the style of gameplay that Hawthorne have indicated against some of some of these sides as well as St Kilda is that when they they, they want to turn it into a bit of a scrap, they they obviously you look at a GWS game uh, and they they try and smother the ball under nine sort of football. So I'm a bit, a bit intrigued about how you think it's just gonna to go over or yeah just uh i think the the ground makes it makes it really um in in favor of that as well with st kilda and in the last month st kilda haven't really been you know trying to slow down the game as much they've actually been when they intercept the ball they've been trying to attack so wenganin malira and bradley hill they've been trying to find them and really trying to attack and get through that and with that with that forward presence there i just think they can break apart that hawthorne defense really well and and get that ball in there and it's it's 80 points each or it's a it's a hundred hundred to 60 something like that um so yeah just go on the over no that makes sense i mean you, you get that from a fan insight rather than sticking to the stats and obviously you watch them a lot closely than our other afl betters because you are a st kilda supporter and having that forward presence there makes sense i just just a little bit interested in you when i did my my, my um my data analysis. What's your, what's your number on? It's pretty low. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty low. Hey, and it, and it could be. This is the best thing about um, I, I punting. About, or I have it about under one forty six pairs. One forty six. There we go. There we go. But I'm not. I'm not going with that. I'm sticking to the trend. I am betting against St Kilda. You know, they give away thirty more disposals to oppositions. You know, the AFL average is three sixty four. They're averaging about three hundred and ninety two, and that doesn't matter about whether they win or lose. They give away a heap of the pill. So, I'm sticking to. Um, you know. 
normally with other sides, you can sort of pick out what position player they give it away to. St Kilda give it away to everyone except for forwards. Anyone except and everyone. Except everyone and everyone that's, that's where the defending most Exactly right. So, um, you know, you see a real increase in the wing players, but specifically the mids. So I've just picked um, two out of the three. I, I don't mind a third bloke who I'll talk about later, and you probably could get some separate odds for that in terms of 25 plus or 30 plus. But I've gone with uh, Sicily to get 30 or more. He's done it twice this year uh, against Essendon and West Coast, and they're this on the ladder. They're number two and fourth in terms of giving away disposal. So, um, you know, the trend sort of indicates that. Uh, you can get a nice little price there as well. And then I've gone for Warple for 25 plus. He's done it five out of the last six. And again, St Kilda give away a heap of players. Put St Kilda in there to win. That gives me odds of $4.70, uh, and I've put two units on it. The other player that I like is Will Day. So I reckon you get Will Day at about $1.50 at the moment for um, for 25 And my metrics put it at him, he should be sitting about $1.30. But because they think that St Kilda is going to win and contest the game, the, the bookies haven't crunched it yet. So I'll probably be looking at putting out another multi uh, or even just all those in singles and sort of cover my uh, my potential loss there or my, you know, not my loss, my investment. But uh, I love that. Two units, $4.70. Yeah, just to back you up on that Sicily point, I was on him last week uh, because he's one of the main kicking mans as well. And he, only, he took two out of two kickings last week. And there was only two because there's only two behind. So there'll probably be a few more this week, hopefully. Uh, and well, hopefully not. Hopefully for you, there's uh, hopefully there's a lot of goals because otherwise it's going well under. Yeah, well, you need behinds if he's, if he's going to get 30. But they are going to do that chip along the back line and uh, see what happens there. So... Uh, we move on to Melbourne and Fremantle at the we, G. We we do, and uh, it's you know Sir Doug Nichols' round is over the, the the two rounds, so both teams can sort of have an opportunity to showcase their jerseys and you know let the the crowds in, indulge in the culture. So you know we've got uh, now again pr- pr- pronunciations I suck at at the best of times. So we've got Nam and we've got Wally Up. So a dollar thirty seven is Nam uh, of Melbourne, of course, and uh, Wally Up Fremantle three dollars two juicy odds after coming off an impressive victory over the reigning premiers minus 18 and a half is the line over under 169 and a half yeah this is uh really interesting for me because Fremantle, you know at the mcg they were winning a couple when they you know were competing for for premierships when they were in that grand final but struggling to to travel away from home and and have struggled in multiple quarters so uh, i think melbourne can bounce back in this game but melbourne haven't been one to really uh flog a side they did uh, flog Hawthorne early and ended up winning by what uh, it was only maybe 50 odd points or something like that uh, so I think Fremantle are a lot better than Hawthorne obviously and their their game style will show that but even if Melbourne get towards an early lead they have shown that they get pegged back and they they can win by that 24 point margin a lot so I've just gone straight up at tab uh, $2.20 that's where I found the best odds uh, Melbourne 1 to 39 oh. I'm stuck on this one because I think without uh, with Oliver going out, uh, he doesn't miss many games of footy. I, I I would normally be backing Melbourne pretty heavily, but the dollar thirty seven um, I think is good odds. Fremantle three dollars two. It's it's I believe Fremantle actually are not that good, and they've come up against oppositions at really poor times. So last week, you know, obviously you're travelling Geelong at home. You know, they've knocked off the reigning premiers, but realistically, Fremantle haven't really showed anything that impressive. They won against Sydney the week before. That that was impressive, but again. We spoke about the first game of the round and we didn't know who to tip in a, in a Sydney versus Carlton game because Sydney have been equally as bad as Carlton. So I'm steering clear of this one. I, I probably like your 1-39 to 39 there, Pez. I also don't mind probably the 18.5. I think you probably that's a little bit low. That started at 22 at the start of the week and the bookies have crunched that in. So yeah. I'm, I'm leaving that game, but 18.5 or the 1-39, to 39, I don't mind that So either. I was just um, tossing up between those two, the line or, or that. But Melbourne with the line... Yeah, you can't seem to trust them because, as I said, they can get pegged back and, uh, you know, get a little bit comfortable in themselves there. So one thirty we we'll see how we go. It's $2 at other bookies, so uh, two twenty there at tab. All right, we head over to Alphabet Stadium, Geelong taking on GWS. Uh, $1.10 favourites are the Cats the, after a pretty... Um Pretty lacklustre performance last week. $7 outside as GWS um, pegged with a couple of injuries. Minus 41.5 is a huge line, I think. Over 174.5. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts about this one, Pez. Yeah, well, a dollar ten. They are playing at Alphabet Stadium, so that will give them the massive advantage. Uh, GWS, with Kelly doing that hamstring uh, and going out, he's been a really big part of that GWS midfield and, and going forward. So... 
it's very hard to you know make a case for GWS, but it's also very hard to make a case to go either way on the line because you think uh, form this year they they flog poor teams away, especially interstate teams like Sydney. They flogged by ninety points uh, that night a few rounds ago. So if I had to lean one, I'd lean the the minus, and because where I was looking is I was looking at uh, goal scorers and two or more, three or more Hawkins, Cameron. You know, Stengel, things like that. And the value is just not there for me. So uh, the under two bucks for three plus goals is Hawkins and Cameron. And Stengel's at 220 to kick three. And I think it's just too risky to go. And, and the value's not there. So I'm staying away from it. Uh, it's it's You're right. There's no value in this game. Uh, the line at 41.5 for, for GWS, the plus, looks in, extremely enticing if they're showing the same team that was there last week. Uh, you know, they get a couple of injuries there. We're doing this before the, the teams are announced. So you're not sure who's going to be in there. But I'd be all over the plus line. Only twice this year has Geelong actually covered the line. Despite them having five wins, they've only covered it twice. They didn't even cover it against West Coast. As you said, they covered it against Sydney in a 90-point flogging. And they uh, they did it against Hawthorne. Well, it depends, depends when you jumped on the line. They didn't cover the closing line against West Coast, but they covered the early line. Okay. <laughs> actually... Yeah, but so the closing line's what the, all the stats are based off. So that's what I'm going. I'd imagine so. The but but I, I do like that you've brought that up because it's going to be a theme later on to one of my okay. bets, the opening and closing lines. But I'd be leaning probably towards the, the plus 41.5. No teams out for me. No value in the initial looking of odds. So I'm, I'm going to steer clear. And another week that I don't back the Cats. And uh, I made a good call because they're not winning. So um, you've done well to stay away from them this year. They've been my kryptonite with uh, costing me oh, multitude take, of... Take a leaf out of my book. Uh, multitude there, of <laughs> units there. The, the cats against poor opposition. All right, speaking of value, and there was no value in the last one, I think there's a heap of value in this one. Uh, 258 value, I believe, are the Gold Coast Suns taking on Western Bulldogs. Be very mindful of this game. It's actually not played up in the Gold Coast. It's played at T.O. Stadium, and Gold Coast will be staying out there for, for two weeks, uh, which is in Darwin, the Northern Territory. 151 favourites are the Doggies. Minus 11.5 is the line. Over under, 152.5. Uh, the Doggies moved to sixth. Uh, so they've got their, their few wins under the belt. They've been playing decent footy. And this Gold Coast Sun side, you know, still missing Took Miller. Uh, they competed against Brisbane for a little bit of the little bit of the time, but travelling over three quarters, they 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 travelling over to TIO uh, up in Darwin. The doggies, how are they going to handle it as well? Their midfield needs to be nice and clean in the, the humidity up there, I, I imagine. So I'm just staying away uh, solely because this is. Uh, in Darwin, uh, so I'm not I'm not going to touch this one at all. Um, so you like the value, so let's I, talk about your I, Gold Coast. I, I do like I do like the value. Uh, just in not only the the weather conditions, it's going to be it's going to be hot, it's going to be stinking hot, uh, it's going to be humid, uh, it's going to be probably a ground ball sort of game. You know, like it's it, the conditions aren't there aren't always good. It's either absolutely pissing down with rain and uh, humid as anything or it's just humid as anything and dry and you know the conditions is really sucked out of it so I think that playing in those sort of conditions sort of suit the Gold Coast Suns uh, they've played up there five times over the last couple of years and, and they've split the difference so they, they've beaten North Melbourne Hawthorne uh, sorry four times over last year so beat Hawthorne and North Melbourne sort of some bottom I was say, there's a draw in there and uh, Carlton and Western Bulldogs they have been competitive but, they, but they've lost so I like the value in um, I think I think the odds should be a lot closer. Uh, I think it probably should be sitting probably about two ten, two dollars, maybe even a, probably a bit of a pick'em. But the Western Bulldogs' form, as I spoke about last week, has been a little bit inflated with who they've played. They they took on a you know Adelaide. We spoke earlier about them being a, a team strong at home, but a, a different person away from the, the home. So and you, you took them on last week. I as did. Well, I did. And I did. And, and you know, what? and I've adjusted that. So in saying that, I recognise that they're a they're a team that plays well at home. The Western Bulldogs. It, adjusting that sort of um you know that philosophy and, and adjusting you don't just stick with your initial thoughts of thinking your team's going to be amazing otherwise you and i'd be backing richmond every single week yeah so you, you adjust your form along the way so you'd be quiet gold coast to win that with my boss bet bonus bet from last week oh. 255 one unit and hopefully i can get rid of this pez because i'm not going near bonus bet uh, boss bet again it's a prick of a thing to use <laughs> so stay away from it I told you from the start you I did. wouldn't be... You did, and I still don't even shit. know if I'll be able to withdraw this money when I win this bet, but uh, interested well, to... Doggy supporters have something to say about that because oh, they always uh, do. The, the doggies are your favourites for a reason and they've been playing good footy. That, 
No, disagree. <laughs> Western Bull, uh, West Coast taking on Essendon. Speaking about good footy, this would be a good one. Uh, Ten dollar fifty outsiders are the West Coast, uh, which is probably a little bit uh, low after the last couple of weeks' performance. Almost uh, what two hundred and fifty points in uh, po- points combined in their losses it's in the last bad. two weeks. A dollar five favourites are Essendon. Essendon fans will be filthy that they're not a dollar one. This should be an absolute shoe in. Minus forty nine and a half is the current line, and it's really interesting. We'll talk about that in a moment. But the over one seventy one and a half. Yeah, about, about 190 of the past two weeks. That's pretty close. So <laughs> Gold Coast and... Um, so the, the, that's the Perth inflation for the, for the exchange rate with the time difference. Hey? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Um, 10.50. This is uh, a low a low time in the West Coast Eagles footy club. And, uh, you know, Darling went out, didn't play last week. Oscar Allen's up there. He kicked a goal, but they, he only got six touches because the, the ball's just not, not travelling down there. They're, they're getting the ball in the midfield. They're turning it over straight away. So... Essendon, you know, should be able to clean up across that half back line and and run forward and really have an an open forward line over at Optus because uh, Essendon do like to run on the wings, and you know Stringer can be due for a good day. He he might kick five. <laughs> you you never know, but uh, you just have to go near Essendon here. But a dollar five, you can't really touch it. The line sits at fifty and a half, and uh, that's just you know spot on because our West Coast going to show up or our. Uh, Even if they do show up, they've only got 19 blokes that can actually play. Are Essendon going to continue to just... Uh, what, what's the what's the winning rate here for Bombers? You think the Bombers are going to win? They should. What are they going to win by? Uh, probably 70, 80 plus. 70, 80 plus. So 50, 50 line would be good then. Good value. Great value. Do you know what's even better value? No. Doing what I did. And uh, just a little bit of an insight into to betting. Quite often punters, you know, their casual punter will jump on um, sports bet on a better Thursday, maybe even the day of, Saturday, and look through the, the bets. If you want to make some money and you believe in your formula and your analytics and you, the teams that you're picking, you know, those, those blokes sit at the pub in September and go, oh, I've been on St Kilda all year and, you know, I told you, you know, one money every week. If that's what you believe and you, 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 know, you really trust your data – then jump on early. On Sportsbet, for example, you can look into round 12. And what I did is midway through that first quarter when Hawthorne were absolutely smashing West Coast, I jumped on at the line, put two units on Essendon uh, at minus 40 and a half for this week. By the end of the game, it had closed at 50 and a half. And now it's come in a little bit. It's at 49, I think it is, or maybe it's back to 50. But to give another example, if you think that Sydney this week... Uh, sorry, or Carlton this week, are going to, to get flogged by Sydney. Next week, they're playing Melbourne. They're sitting 296. That'll leak out. So if you believe in something, you can get along odds early and you can take advantage of it. So I put down two units uh, mid the rest of the first quarter. At the moment, that line of 40.5, which I got for $1.90, sits at $1.54 in an alternate line. So heaps of value there, beating the boogies, and I'm going to absolutely smash it through. Yep, and uh, when you do that source, we might as well mention it. Uh, we have spoken to some, uh, I guess, fans of the pod about hedges in, in the last few weeks when we got that hedge over the line the other week. And this is another strategy you can use with uh, middling. And Bet365 are one that offers you 100% of the cash out before the game for most of the week, unless the odds drastically change and they, they change a little bit. So if you put West Coast, or Essendon, sorry, minus 40 and a half, and now it's plus 50 and a half, you could decide to bet the other way and try and hit both bets in the middle. Um, and you could make your liability zero with with a little bit of mathematics and putting the plus 50 on, and you could try and go, all right, Essendon are going to win between 41 and 50 points. I will win this amount. If they don't, I'll be even or, you know, a little bit of profit either way. You can, you can manipulate it to choose how you want to do it, or you just love the bet, you love the value, you just run with it. Run with it, and you could probably double down. Uh, you know, at the fifty, if you believe that they're going to smash them by so much, and but uh, that's where it is. Get in early if you believe in something that's not you know uh, list dependent or matchup dependent, and you think that just hey, this team's going to smash them through. Jump on as early as you can to those markets and get the best price. And this is the other the other thing you need to talk about. I all punters I know hate live betting. They hate it because you got to call up. Mm. Yeah, so much but value. There's value there. So you say Essendon kick the first 10 goals and they're up 60 to zero. You've already got them to win by 40. Mm -hmm. You could probably jump on West Coast plus 90. Plus I think it'd be sitting plus 130 at that stage. To try try and and middle and think, are Essendon going to just 
coast. You you got to be watching the game obviously to see what's happening. But there there are those opportunities uh, throughout all your bets. Yeah, and it's the best way to do it. Stick to stick to the stats. Look for for breaks in the market. Be aware of the prices, even if you're not betting on it. So don't just go through your, your you know your sports bet or your tab or whatever and just hit buttons because it's a low price. Do your homework and and that's great advice. The the live betting is great, especially if you believe something's going to win. And they're just you know like NBA betting is the perfect one for that. The first quarter they go down by ten, but you still believe before the game that they're going to win. Unless they're playing unless they're playing horrendous basketball. Jump on the uh, jump on the the plus or the the minus the next quarter. How many blowouts are there in the NBA twenty never, plus? Never ever. Yeah, because let's just the NBA finals. Let's just <laughs> let's just keep it close. Let's just keep it close. All right. Speaking of keeping it close, I'm really surprised in how close in odds these two teams are. Richmond taking on Port Adelaide. Richmond at home two dollars five a dollar eighty. Favorites are Port Adelaide minus two and a half is the line over under one sixty seven and a half. I was talking to you about this before, and I'm surprised that you're not all over this game. Uh, but you said that you were you're steering clear of it. You're not sure what to do. Yeah, well, Port Adelaide looked value at you know dollar eighty five they were earlier in the week uh, against the Richmond. This is before the Damien Hardwick news, and with the Damien Hardwick news, they've only come in to a dollar eighty. Like, it just seems a little bit fishy to me at the moment, and I, I don't know the reason why. Port Adelaide, you know, got flogged against Collingwood by 70-plus points at the MCG, so is it something to do with the ground, how they're going to play? Are Richmond going to, you know, fire up for a, a new coach? You, we usually have the the interim coach or the person that comes in does really well for the first few weeks because the players, you know, are loosened off their shoulders. But this isn't a, a situation like that because Damien Hardwick's called it early. He wasn't on the outskirts and he wasn't, you know... He didn't lose the players like coaches usually do. So I don't know how to read it, which is why I'm just going to leave it. Don't know how to read it, so I'm going to leave it? No, oh, a little bit of a poet there. Uh, I, I love Port Adelaide's value in this. I spoke last week against Melbourne about all the stats and the reasons why I loved them. Uh, I said, you know, they're, they're top five in um, offense and defense. They're one of the only clubs to be able to doing that. Uh, and generally, if you're a premiership favorite or you're a premiership contender at the end, you're top five in offense and defense. And the only team doing it at the moment. So that is, uh, you know, a, a pretty big tip for me. If you look at them competing against, um, you know, recency bias, well, the, the recent teams that they've played, they played Essendon. Richmond just played Essendon, and Port Adelaide should have thumped them. They should have absolutely mauled them. Their inaccuracy kept them in the game, but realistically, they controlled that. On the weekend, Richmond should have controlled Essendon, and we had the the narrative spun around and you know flipped on its head. They've also lost to, to Gold Coast recently in, in a pretty you know, disgusting performance, and I'm sure, a bit surprised there wasn't more criticism about Hardwick then. I love Port Adelaide at a dollar eighty. Uh, I've gone the biggest bet of the year: three units on Port Adelaide at dollar eighty. Just straight up, straight up. I talked to you about the, the, the I talked about it before. Blue, yeah, blue, blue bit, bit. Twelve up promo. Twelve up promo. I, I think this is. Uh, I think this is money for VBs. This one. This is a, a big. It's not even a big call because I think it's common sense. They've won the last six in a row. They're top five in both categories: offense and defense. Richmond's there's a reason that he's walked away earliest because there's something else going on. You know, if he th- saw this as a potential victory to kick start, then he would have stayed around. Jump on this one. Three units. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you want to make that call and you're confident enough, you obviously are with putting your hard earned there. So uh, best of luck with that one. And uh, another big game on on a Sunday again to Collingwood, which surprises me. It, it surprises me the odds in this one that uh, the shortest that around is Collingwood at dollar four. But North Melbourne, after being um, a lot more impressive than West Coast, uh, are sitting at eleven dollars outsiders. So um, they're they're really dominating that Sunday time slot at the moment. That three twenty, that prime time TV, they're. You know, the line screams minus 53 and a half, and that probably will, will go out a little bit further. Over 160 and a half is the, is the line. Oh, this is pretty, uh, pretty stock standard as a result, you think. Collingwood for a pretty easy victory? Yeah, well, Collingwood to win. The only factor is this is at Marvel Stadium and not at the MCG where oh. they played um, GWS the other week. You'd think you get more North fans to the G than Giants fans, but... North fans don't go to North games. They're not going to an away game. Well, that's just uh, the fixture. But Giants fans are non-existent, so... I don't know what you want to want to do there, but Collingwood, Marvel should get the the win easily. But the line is absolutely huge. Uh, North they had a couple of players play really good games last week. Bailey Scott, Todd Goldstein in the ruck, Nick Larkey came up and had fourteen disposals, kicked a couple of snags as well. So I'm going to boost the the plus here for North Melbourne. I'm going to go be on, cheering for North Melbourne. Yeah, I'm going to go on the lads. Same <sighs> game multi for the for the North fans out there. <laughs> Plus 17 and a half. Uh, Collingwood, same, same 
thing with Melbourne, really. Like, they could have really put Carlton away uh, on the weekend. But they just sat there, 28-point win, go from that. So I think North can, you know, kick a bit of a score, which is why I've gone over 136.5 as well and paired that up with the under. I'm going to try and hit the middle, 60-point middle here with under 196.5 points. So I don't think it's going to be monstrous scoring, but I don't think it's going to be extremely low either. Somewhere in the middle, North plus 70.5, $2.03 with lads. Okay, um, I'm... Probably as shocked as uh, a lot of the podcasters. I think anyone driving to work has just crashed their car because you are going to be supporting North Melbourne this weekend for them yeah, to stay oh, close. Don't, don't give a shit if they win or not, but uh, wow. as long as they don't lose by 71 or wow. more. Wow. Uh, I hate this game. I think there's no value in it. I'm not going to watch it. I'm probably not even – I'm going to turn all my notifications off. I probably will watch it, actually. I'll probably watch it. Won't even go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I just don't see there to be any value in this. The the minus 53.5, sorry, the plus 53.5 to me is is quite surprising that it's um, as high as it is because I totally agree. I don't think Collingwood really put, put sides away and, you know... North Melbourne, whilst they are not very good, they're still going to be competitive uh, throughout all for parts some of the game. For, please, well, no, but they're going to be competitive through all parts of the game. Whereas North Melbourne, uh, sorry, Collingwood will, will do what they need to do in the first half, put the cues in the rack, and then North Melbourne will probably climb back. So there's probably value in fifty three and a half, but for me, no, no, thank you. <laughs> well, the next game we spoke about Adelaide earlier and playing away from home, but then playing at home at Adelaide Oval against the Lions. Yeah, uh, I'll go through the game and then and hear your thoughts about this one. Two twelve favorite uh, outsiders are Adelaide playing at home, as we said. Adelaide Oval, Brisbane outsiders dollar seventy three, uh, minus four and a half is the line. Over under one sixty and a half. Uh, interested to hear your thoughts about this one. They definitely look shells. Uh, shell so. Uh, Two different teams, Adelaide, when they're playing at home, when they're playing away. But Brisbane this year, one of their downfalls over the last five years has been winning away from home. They seem to have sort of snapped that uh, trend, you know, only losing uh, one this year away from home, otherwise controlling teams on the road. Yeah, well, lost definitely a couple away from home. They lost to Port Adelaide early days, round one, and they did lose to the Doggies. Uh, doggies at, at, at Marvel, up. at Marvel as well. So there's at least two there. Sources. No, that's not a, that's not an away game because they're Fitzroy. So it's, it's, it's <laughs> you, can <piss> <laughs> you can piss off and clutch at straws all you want. Um, this is a, a fishy line. I'm not uh, going to touch the head to head because I don't know how Adelaide are going to come out. If you're confident that you know Adelaide are going to kick the ball the way they do at Adelaide Oval against a couple of other clubs and the way Brisbane performed against Port Adelaide earlier, yeah, sure, go for your go for your life with the twelve up promo, but. Uh, I don't think a result is going to be in mine. I do want to put a same-game multi in this because I do like the Brisbane players for disposals and I don't mind the Adelaide players for disposals as well. So I might be able to put something together for the Sunday afternoon. We'll see how the round pans out. But we'll put that out on either Twitter or Instagram. Source that behind the bound. You can do that. Uh, exactly. I'm really, I'm not confident in this one, but I'm backing the metrics. I said Brisbane is the, the team to beat this year. I love the way that they're playing. I don't see any weak links uh, along their side. If you look at teams when, when they're playing well and teams that win premierships, generally their VFL sides and their second sides are doing it. Their, their, their second sides are sitting top of the ladder, haven't had a, haven't had a loss all year. Um, there's a couple of those regular players that have been in Brisbane that can't get a look in. They've been playing amazing football. Um, I'm a little worried about them playing. Playing Adelaide, being a team that we just spoke about, being you know Jekyll and Hyde away from home, but Brisbane to win, Brisbane plus twenty eight and a half, and I've gone the over one sixty four and a half. Both these teams pretty high scoring. Adelaide at home uh, generally get a, a you know pretty high sort of scoring team. I th- I've uh, made the line a little bit smaller, one sixty four and a half. I think that should go pretty much over two units, two forty three with tab. One leg fails, money back. There you go, and uh, that concludes round 11. Now, our bets we've placed on Twitter. We've got a Google Doc up there, so you can have a look at what's placed there. We may place some live bets throughout the week, which go up there as well before the games. So keep an eye on that if you would like. Uh, cheeky? Would I like a cheeky, or have I yeah, got a cheeky? What do you got? Oh, I don't really have anything. Uh, you could just take any of my bets and... Uh, <laughs> that is pretty cheeky. <laughs> They'd be well, pretty cheeky. Well, I do have a, a multi. Oh, well, I'd love to hear cheeky. That I'm going to fire. Uh, it's not cheeky at all. Oh, um, it's just a it. it's just a builder. Just a bankroll builder here. So Bankroll builder? Yeah. Look at you getting all creative. St. Kilda, Kilda to win. The Melbourne Fremantle game. Fremantle scoring higher. Over 128.5. So these are all alternate overs. Geelong GWS game. Over 139.5. Geelong 
might nearly do that themselves. Richmond, Port Adelaide over 138.5. And Adelaide, Brisbane over 137.5. You've got the over 164 there. $1.84, put that little multi together to, to try and build it up. Oh, that's it. Try to build it up. That's it. Just build build a Skip. Yeah, build bank, some units up. And, a bank roll builder. Yeah, something like that. Very, you got very a bank cool. roll. You want to build it? Oh, thank you for explaining those like three that. words to me. Bank well, roll you, builder. you're questioning it for some was, unknown I was, reason. I was, wasn't questioning. I was saying it's a good little name. I was giving you props for once in your life. I was saying it's a good job. Good job. I'm sorry you're not used to hearing good feedback because you bet so poorly every other week. But uh, well done. Well done, Pez. It's a running joke. Huh? <laughs> you bet poorly when we're when we're up and about. So well, he, he, banter is is part of the bees in the in a betting podcast. But uh, I guess the only sort of thing um, that you could jump on for a cheeky for me minus eighty eighty one and a half Essendon uh, five dollars ten and that's that's the five dollar mark that uh, doesn't go up as high as I'd like to. But ninety nine and a half at eleven fifty that's probably value two three weeks and a hundred point loss that'd be eleven fifty for hundred plus. Yeah, at home. That'd be nearly the end of the club, wouldn't it? Surely. Well, it's interesting. If this game's played in Melbourne at Marvel, well, the odds are completely different, aren't they? Like, I know, I know they're sitting pretty, pretty, you know, ten fifty and ten dollars five. But if that's swapped around, Essendon a dollar two, West Coast of what fifteen, sixteen bucks? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like, I think that if you're looking at talent alone, then then that should be. Uh, I mean, talent alone. We're talking about Essendon. <laughs> no talent there. Yeah, yeah. And on and on your favourite club, the Bombers. And uh, we'll look forward to round eleven. So jump all over the socials uh, at Behind the Bound TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, all of that. I've been Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time, guys. Now you're-